Hello, and welcome to the Pursuit City Church podcast. Our mission is to lead people to know the love of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you will feel encouraged as well as challenged through the Word of God. If you need prayer or want to share your story, please send an email to info at PursuitCC.com. Get ready to enjoy this message. God bless. Starting a series that we're going to be in all the way up till Christmas. So we'll have, a, we'll have time to really get into this and dissect it. And I want to challenge you to get here for every single one of these messages leading up to Christmas because it's all going to tie into Christmas. If you don't know, it's November. Christmas is next month. Thanksgiving is 10 days away. Crazy, isn't it? Uh, Christmas Eve... Christmas Eve, we're going to have service here that morning, on Christmas Eve morning, candlelight service, the whole thing. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. And uh, then the following Sunday, we're not going to have church. That's, that's New Year's Eve. So on New Year's Eve, everyone go be with your families, enjoy that weekend, and uh, have a good time and fellowship. We will not be here that Sunday. It's what we call a Sabbath Sunday, everybody rest. And get ready for January, because then it's going to be on. Praise the Lord. And we're going to jump back into a 21-day fast in January. I'm excited about that. And um, it's going to be good. So this series is called The Sword of the Lord. And we're going to be on this topic till Christmas Eve. Um, So I want you to turn with me to Ephesians 6, chapter 10. Or Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 20. And I'm going to read this to you. And I'm going to show you something. And then we're going to bless you. And then the Cowboys are going to win. Praise the Lord. Yes, Lord. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Look at your neighbor and say, be strong. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So first things first, you can stand against the wiles of the devil. But you can only stand if you put on the armor. Look at your neighbor and say, put on the armor. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Everybody say the whole armor. Not just one part. Not just the one you like to do. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore... Having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. What's the sword of the Spirit? The Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit 
Be watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, the utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to, pro- to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the blessing that it was this weekend to serve people, to love on them, to pour out to them, and to give them you, to show them your love. I pray this morning as we read, as we learn, and we grow, that we hear your voice in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. The argument you get into has nothing to do with the person you're with. It has to do with the principalities, the powers, the evils, and the darkness in the unseen world, in what is called the heavenly places. That heavenly places doesn't mean a faraway place. It means the unseen place. It means the realm that you cannot see but is very much active in our daily life. You might walk into a room and you immediately feel something's wrong there. There's a realm you cannot see. And the enemy dwells in what you cannot see. He, he hides in the rooms you cannot see in. And all he wants to do is to disrupt your attitude, your, your mindset, your emotional state, your spiritual state. And he is constantly throwing darts. He is constantly trying to trip you up. He is constantly attempting to find a gap in your armor. He's constantly trying to find where there is space, what's not protected. Anybody know where this comes from? The salute. By the way, happy Veterans Day to all the veterans. If you're a veteran, please stand for us. Come on. Got a couple of veterans. Appreciate your service. So you guys should know this. Where does this come from? The salute. The knights. Long time ago. Yes, sir. Educated man. Thank you. A long time ago, when the knights would ride around on their horses, that visor was so thick and heavy they could hardly see out of it. So they'd have to lift it just so they could talk to you. And it became... A pattern. It became like, oh, that's a salute. They're almost like talking to you. So, and then it just kind of caught on, and now it's, you know, it came from the knights. It came from wearing armor. Those knights were covered head to toe. You could not get into that suit. Was, arrows would come. Uh, big stones would be thrown at them. It did not matter. Those, those knights were covered head to toe. They were prepared for battle at all times. Wear your armor. You want to stand against the wiles of the devil? Put on your armor. You want to be strong in the Lord? Put on your armor. But what we're going to do in this series is we're going to talk about this one piece We're going to talk about the sword of the spirit, which is what? The word of God. So I want to show you a picture. Go ahead and throw up this picture. Anybody know what this picture is? Thank you. 
This is a visual representation that someone did, a scientist, I believe, who went and found every cross-reference in the scriptures. Meaning, if you look at this particular Bible, in the middle, it has cross-references. Where, if I go to chapter 32, verse 32, over here in this section, it tells me that Jeremiah is also referencing this scripture in Ezekiel. That's called a cross-reference. And then I go over to Ezekiel and I find that. And when I jump over to Ezekiel, it's saying, well, that one is also related to Luke. That's a cross-reference. There are 63,000 plus cross-references in Scripture. That's what this picture is showing us. Some are way more referred to than the other. That line in the middle there, that's the book of Psalms. Psalms is the largest book in the Bible has hundreds of chapters, and some of those chapters have hundreds of verses because God said a lot through his prophet David. This picture is a representation of the highest improbability that exists. The fact that one book that was written over a period of 1,500 years by 32 different authors and 66 different books, not only doesn't contradict itself, but references itself 63,000 plus times. It's the highest improbability that exists in the world. That's the sword of the spirit. And we treat it like a coaster. There's a reason why the Bible is still the largest selling book every year, year after year, all over the world. And oddly enough, in communist China, they print the most there. Makes no sense to me, but that's what's going on. The Bible is the sword of the Lord. And we have to learn not just what it says, but how to use it. We have to learn that this is an instrument of war. It's an instrument of peace. It's an instrument for healing. It's an instrument for surgery. It's an instrument that we must learn how to apply to our daily life or we don't know how to do life. Because then you'll run to the world to tell you how to do life, how to think, how to act, how to raise your kids. The scripture teaches us all of this. It's simple, spank them. Somebody say praise the Lord. The sword of the spirit in the scripture we just read is the only offensive weapon. Everything else in that armor was a defensive weapon. The sword of the spirit was the only one that went on the offense. It's the one that was used to not just defend but to annihilate. God's word is described as a sword. 
Hebrews 4.12. It says, For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. Leave that up there. The Bible discerns your thoughts. It knows the intents of your heart. People are running around wondering why God's not speaking to them. He did. And it knows your heart. And it knows your thoughts. The reason you don't want to run to it is because you don't want your heart and your thoughts to be exposed. You want to run to someone on Telmed say, hey, counselor, tell me how I can feel better about myself. Well, the Bible says your ways are not God's ways. Your thoughts are not God's thoughts. Do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, commit them to the Lord. Stop looking to yourself for the answers. Start looking to the word of the Lord for the answers. It's a two-edged sword. Piercing the division of the soul and spirit. We just spent a whole month on this, didn't we? Where your soul is different from your spirit. The word of God is designed to separate your soul from your spirit. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. It's what makes you human. Your spirit is what makes you godly. And whoever is in charge, it's what's controlling your life. And the Bible comes as mercy. As mercy. To do surgery on you. To separate your flesh from your spirit. To deal with the issues that you had, that only you had. Because your upbringing is not my upbringing. I cannot relate to every single one of you. But the word of the Lord can. It reaches all of us. It speaks to everyone and every situation and every background and every trauma and every pain, every high and every low. The word of God is there to do surgery. And then we have Matthew 4. Satan comes to tempt Jesus. We know this story. Jesus gets baptized. He immediately is driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. And he is fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And this is what happens. It says, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Someone say, I'm hungry. So am I. (laughs) Now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus said to him, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on the exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdom of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you, fail, if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Now we can spend a lot of time on this scripture. There's a lot going on here. 
But there's two things you need to understand for this particular series. Number one, if the enemy came at Jesus, don't you think he's going to come at you? He's called the tempter. He is going to come to tempt you. That's his job. You should not be surprised when you are tempted. Quit being so surprised as if somehow temptation is supposed to leave once you walk into the church. Nah. That's not how it works. The tempter is going to tempt. That's his role. That's his function. And he will be trying you the rest of your life. You need the armor so that you can stand strong. Okay, got one amen. Praise the Lord. The second thing you need to understand about what we read is that they were having a rap battle. Huh? They were having a rap battle. You know what they were doing? Shooting scripture at each other. Did you not catch this? The enemy shows up and starts quoting scripture to Jesus. Hello? Jesus quoted scripture back, and then the enemy quoted some more scripture, and then Jesus quoted scripture. It was like, what's going on here? The enemy shows up and uses scripture to tempt the scripture. If you don't remember, John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Who's the Word? Jesus. Jesus. So Jesus, Jesus is there. Satan comes to tempt Jesus with Jesus. Not only is he always tempting, he's stupid. Okay, just saying. How in the world do you think confusion comes? Because the enemy will come and try to confuse you with Scripture. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, because, the, you know, the Bible says this, so it must mean this. So I'm, you know, I'm good. I'm good. The enemy is a master manipulator at twisting the word of God. This is why Eve fell. This is why Eve did what she did. She was deceived because she, he, the enemy came and asked a question. Did God say what is the first thing we see here? The enemy comes to Jesus, and the first thing he said, if you are the son of God. The enemy always comes questioning the word of God. Always comes questioning the word of God. I don't know about you. This is the authority. I don't care what legislation, what law that anyone makes that says this and changes that. This is the authority. And if there's ever a day that they try to say that we can no longer stand on this, <laughs> I got another kind of sword, brother, just saying. <laughs> Only one of y'all got that. It's all right. <laughs> Number two. 
okay. I'm calm right now. I'll give you this last scripture and then I'll pray with you and we can go. Psalm 119, verse 97 through 105. I don't know how to say the subtitles in Hebrew, so I'll just call it Ahem. Because that's what it looked like. Ahem. It says this. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than the honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We love that last scripture. But all the stuff before it is what's important. I hate every evil way. How do you get there? Only by the word. I know more than all my teachers. How do you get there? Only by the word. I know more than the ancients. Why? Because of the word. He fell in love with the word of God. He fell in love with the scripture. He fell in love with the law. All of us, we come into this and we're rebellious. We're trying to figure out how little we can be like Christ and still make it. How much can I stay the same and still get to heaven? Well, you're not in love with Jesus then. You're still in love with you. Because someone who loves Jesus says, I surrender all. And my life is no longer my own. My future is no longer my own. My purpose is no longer my own. My life dreams, my life goals, my life ambitions, they're no longer my own. I lay them down at the altar. I surrender all to Jesus. Do whatever you want to do with me. That's a person who says, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation. Because you can't fall in love with the law and control everything about your life. You just can't. You want to be like what the scripture's talking about? You have to love the word. It says, I have restrained my feet from every evil way. Why? Not because, not because I'm afraid of the consequence, but because I want to keep your word. You see, a lot of us, we're running around not doing the wrong thing because we're afraid of the consequence. How about we stop doing the wrong thing simply because we love God? And there's a difference there. 
There's a difference there. You can run around and just say, I'm not doing that just because you're afraid of what might happen. Or you can say, I'm not doing that because I love God. I love his word. And I'm going to make sure that I don't take a misstep, not because I'm concerned about what happened to me, but because I don't want to break God's word. We have to love the word. The last one says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. How many of y'all ever taken a, I'm closing now. How many of y'all ever taken a, a walk in the pitch black forest? We were camping a few weeks ago. Oh man, it got dark out there. <laughs> it's dark. You almost need two flashlights. One to see where you're going and one to keep up ahead. You know, I, had, I saw one dude, he had the headlamp and a flashlight. And it reminded me, like, man, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's so that you can see where you're stepping and where you're going. You need both. How do you get both? The word. Learn to fall in love with Jesus through his word. If you read this enough... You will learn everything you need to know about God and everything you need to know about Jesus. Your relationship with him, your purpose in life, all things run through him. Let's stand. You want to know why the You Matter Feast every year gets better and better? is because there's a scripture that we talk about where Jesus comes and he says, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. And his disciples looked at him and said, what are you talking about? When did we ever do any of that for you? I've never seen you hungry. I've never seen you naked i've never seen you um, needing something to drink when when did we ever do that he said when you did it to the least of these people that scripture is so important because it helps us be reminded that none of this is really about us serving is not about us church is not about us we're here to be a blessing to those around us we're here to love on others and guess what in turn you will receive that but if you're only ever running around being concerned about you you're gonna miss it being selfless means to take yourself out of the equation and to be a blessing and when his disciples looked at him and they're thinking this weekend was, was a great opportunity to minister to someone else. And guess what? Everyone here is sharing of how great it was. It ministered to you too. It ministered to you too. And in the coming weeks, 
I'm going to be presenting some challenges about the scripture. Because this is the most important book in the world. And this is the only one that has all authority over my life. And I pray that it becomes the authority of your life. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you this morning for your presence in this place. I thank you for every person that has given, that has given of their time, their effort, their energy, their resources to be a blessing during this week that enabled the You Matter Feast to be a success and to be a blessing to this city and to this community. I pray that every person that got ministered to will know your love, will know you deeper, will be reminded of who you are and why we are here. And Lord, I just ask for every person in this room that we begin to develop a holy hunger for the word of God, for the truth that's in it, for the life that it brings, for the healing that it brings, for the correction that it brings, for the strength that it brings. Lord, teach us to take up the sword of the Spirit. Teach us to take up the sword of the Spirit. Teach us and speak to us through your word that we don't just read it because we have to, but we fall in love with your word, that we become so united in your word, that we become so enamored with your word, that, that it's all we want to go to for life's issues and life's problems and questions about what to do and where to go and how to proceed, that we go to your word because it is the authority, the only authority that we lean on. We delight we delight in your word. And we say thank you, Lord, for the sword of the Lord. Can someone praise God this morning? You can easily do so by visiting our website, PursuitCC.com. Also, follow us on all social media outlets by using at PursuitCC. Thank you and God bless.